Welcome to the Doctor and the Dietitian podcast. This is Dr. Brian, board-certified pediatrician. And I'm Heather, registered dietitian nutritionist. Each episode, we dive into pediatric health and nutrition hot topics. Our goal is to help your family cut through the noise of the food and medical world. We want to empower you to have freedom and grace in raising your children to be healthy in all aspects of their life. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode number 13. Today we're going to be talking about uh, pregnancy and postpartum nutrition. And we actually are going to share an interview we got to do with you with one of our good friends. That's right. We got to interview Marissa McCormick. She is a fellow registered dietitian nutritionist and we go way back in our early days of marriage. Um, Marissa and I actually did our dietetic internship together in Phoenix, Arizona. That yeah, so was, was a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. it was fun to catch up with her, and we're excited to share all of her information with you. Here's a little bit more about Marissa. Marissa is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in nutrition science. She is also a full-time working mom of two and shares her passion for prenatal and postpartum nutrition through her online platform, Nutrition for Moms. Nutrition for Moms provides education for new and expecting moms to help women confidently navigate prenatal and postpartum nutrition. She shares tips on Instagram at nutrition for the number four moms and dives deep into prenatal education in her self-paced e-course, the Pregnancy Nutrition Vault. Cool. That's quite the intro. It is. We've well, got a it lot was a really share. good interview. I mean, not only are we friends with her, so the conversation was just great to have, but totally. um, there was some really good pregnancy and postpartum nutrition that was shared during the interview. And mm-hmm. so we hope you guys get something out of it. That's right. If you yourself are not pregnant or postpartum, be sure and share with any friends that you know who are, because I think it's super helpful information. Yeah, for sure. All right. Without further ado, we're going to jump right into the interview. Thanks, guys. Hey, Marissa, how's it going? Hi, Brian. Hi, Heather. I'm Hello. doing well. We're so grateful that you decided to say yes and jump on this call with us. Um, and we're just excited to get to pick your brain a little bit here. Well, so, thanks for having me. Yeah. So as we get started, um, I know we know you from, you know, maybe way back in the day, but would you just tell all of our listeners um, a little bit about yourself, your family and who you are? Yes. So Marissa McCormick, I'm a registered dietitian. I have my master's degree in nutrition science and I'm a full-time working mom of two kiddos. And I have, (laughs) you go (laughs) some days, right? Um, And then I run an online education platform, nutrition for moms on Instagram, where I share my passion for prenatal nutrition and it's really been a balance for for me as a as a mom myself even as a dietitian having to learn the in and outs of prenatal nutrition and now it's really become a a passion for me to share that online when connect with many other expecting and new moms sure i mean there's so much to know in that realm i'm sure you know you could go on for days but how exactly. did you how did you decide to maybe focus on that area or like was it you going through pregnancy and postpartum yourself or anything else? Yes, that was definitely the impetus. I got pregnant with my daughter and even as a dietitian thinking I would know everything about pregnancy and nutrition, I really didn't. And Heather, we went to our our internship together. I don't feel like we learned a whole ton about prenatal nutrition. And so I really had to go back to the books, do my own research, Mm -hmm. talk to some experts in the field. And luckily as dietitians, we have that foundation, but you really, I had to take it that next layer and do some of the additional research myself and just thought, 
well, if this is hard for me, this must be really hard for people that don't have that foundation in nutrition. And so I just started organically sharing with family and friends and similar life stages just through the social media platform. And then um, more recently after my son was born, decided to make it more of a a formal thing where I created nutrition for moms and now on a regular cadence share nutrition information. Sure. And you have like resources available for moms, right? Like not just, you know, posts, but you have like eBooks and things like that. I do. So, you know, Instagram is my primary platform where I just connect and relate. Um, Obviously, everything on there is for general educational purposes only. And so I also have my website, which I created more longer content, blogs, where I cite references. I refer people out to different resources. And then I have created a, a mini online education platform. It's sort of think of it as like a a mini course where you get access to it. It's called the Pregnancy Nutrition Vault. And I have just short, sweet videos in there where I'm actually doing more education, deeper dives into prenatal nutrition. So cool. So we'll throw all your like contact information in the show notes. So for our listeners, yeah, they can get right to your (laughs) stuff, which is cool. Um, Okay. So tell us maybe a couple of the most common myths that you hear about from moms who are either pregnant or postpartum. Yes, this one comes up a lot. And I'll be honest, when I was pregnant, I fell for these ones too at first with my daughter. And the big one is you can't eat deli meat and you can't eat soft cheeses. Oh, that got me. I know. I remember. I'm like thinking back. I'm like, when you were pregnant with our first, we were like all anal about that stuff. (laughs) And and really, you know, the impetus for that is grounded in... It, it, in good good deeds, like long time ago, yes, deli meat was a more common source of a foodborne illness, listeria, mm-hmm. which can cause listeriosis. Nowadays, thanks to food technology and food science, the risk of listeria is really low in those products. Um, of course, to be extra safe, a lot of times we recommend heating deli meat until steaming hot. But again, listeria is still very, very rare. Um, but just taking that extra step further to heat it up. It's not about avoiding it altogether all that time. It's you can heat it up to be safer. Okay. With with cheeses like soft cheese, brie, or feta, for the most part, if you actually look at the label, those are going to be pasteurized. And pasteurized mm-hmm. cheese, whether it's feta or brie, is safe during pregnancy. So sure. I just tell women, turn that label over, just make sure it's pasteurized. 90% of the time in big grocery chains, it's going to be pasteurized. Be. Yeah. Sure. And a lot of times, like I don't know about you, but when I eat brie, I, it's like warm. <laughs> And yeah, I like, like heat, it up, heat it up or like I bake gooey. it. Yeah. <laughs> so exactly. that would probably be extra good. layer of protection. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in regards to the cheeses, um, so can I, I guess it's more like other dairy. Does everything have to be pasteurized then when they're pregnant? I would err on the side of caution with this one and say yes. Just okay. stick with the pasteurized cheeses and dairy products. Um I can't speak to those that maybe work on a farm and are, you know, dealing with it (laughs) themselves, (laughs) but for the most part, yes, let's stick to the pasteurized. For the rest of us, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. I love it. Okay. Were there any other big myths that you feel like come up a lot with the the moms that you talk to? You know, I guess the other big one, I think a lot of people have kind of come around to this is people were saying you have to completely avoid caffeine altogether. Mm -hmm. and. 
Some women choose to do that. Others can safely enjoy one to two cups of, let's just say, coffee a day. So anywhere really under that 200 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. And one cup usually has about that, right? One cup, depending on how strong you brew it, I think sure. it's around 100 milligrams of okay. caffeine. So, so that's, even less you know, than I thought. Good. Yeah. I was surprised by that one too. I don't make yeah. my coffee super strong, so. I know. Mine's like a fourth coffee, the rest <laughs> milk and sugar. Four cups for you. <laughs> yes. Yay. Well, it's funny though, because like from my side as a pediatrician, I'm usually seeing moms like, you know, right after they've had the baby and they're like mm. totally sleep deprived and like that fog. And mm-hmm. when they maybe at like, I don't know, lots of times we talk about diet and drinks and stuff. And, and they when ask I you, give them I permission, like, hey, you can have a cup or two of coffee while you're breastfeeding. It's going to be okay for most babies. Yeah. Or even a glass of wine if we time it right. They're mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. And it, like changes their life. So <laughs> that's Well, good. and you bring up a good point is I feel like expecting moms, right, are already stressed out enough that mm-hmm. if we can give them permission or just take one little anxiety off their plate, they deserve that, right? There's enough going on. Yeah. Um, So let's not overcomplicate it. Totally. And we need people like you, Marissa, in that field because, you know, the media sensationalizes so much. And one minute it's like, this is safe. And the next minute it's like, don't do this or you'll kill your baby. So it's like, let's just be be stable here. (laughs) Give consistent information. And you're right, because it seems like what is gaining traction or popularity in the media is these these extremes on right. either end. Oh, totally. And the boring dietitians and doctors sometimes get lost in the middle ground. Totally. We're like moderation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so boring. Okay, well... Um, All right, why don't you tell us a little bit more about maybe what a new mom or... Uh, Let's do this. How about some mom who just found out she's pregnant? What should she focus on first for her nutrition? Yeah, good question. A lot of people are like, tell me what to eat. Yeah. And here's the boring moderation dietitian in me. Really, there's <laughs> not major specific changes that happen during pregnancy. Nutrient needs increase overall. But the goal is still to follow a well-balanced diet, similar to what the dietary guidelines for Americans recommend. We want to be getting in fruits and vegetables and whole grain and a variety of different foods throughout our diet. When you first find out you're pregnant, folate or folic acid is going to be the most important nutrient to focus on. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're taking a prenatal supplement or if you're eating a well-balanced diet, you're likely meeting those needs. So I tell a lot of women, just keep eating what you were eating pre-pregnancy if you had a well-balanced diet. And then obviously if someone's experiencing nausea or morning sickness or fatigue, you can tweak tweak a little bit from there and find some solutions. But it's not rocket science, really. It's yeah. about finding nutritious foods to balance a balance out a diet. Sure. Cool. What about any specific changes in like the postpartum phase? Is there anything specific you recommend? Yes, the biggest one. A lot of people are surprised by this, but getting enough calories in, especially for a breastfeeding mom. Yeah. Um, making sure that we're eating enough to ensure we're getting enough nutrients from different food groups. You know, if we want to get nutrient specific, iron and protein and, you know, some of those different nutrients to help with recovery. But again, 
eating enough. A lot of times you're sleep deprived, you're tired, you're worried about your baby. We forget to eat ourselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's the most common thing I see in that first few weeks to even like Mm. a month or two Mm. is like sleep deprived and then like lack of a normal schedule. So like when I like ask moms, like, are you eating okay? They'll say, yeah, I'm eating fine. And then I'm like, okay, tell me what you ate over the last 24 hours. And then it's like, a big blank, you know, it's like, like a blur and they're remember. like, oh, wait, <laughs> yeah. actually, I've just been snacking for like three days straight. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. So very hard. true. Man, those like we were always on people did like meal trains for us after we had babies. And that is like the best. Oh, yeah. I would like it maybe really consider is. having another baby. And just we had to have a, a meal train. good stash <laughs> of like those healthy, high calorie snacks for you too. Yeah. So it was like if baby was like, cluster feeding and you were just like eat, on the couch eat. that first week or two you just like eat just feed heather yes yep exactly yep. So and good. i don't think we prepare for that in advance you know you don't right. you don't prepare for that hunger and thirst and sleep deprivation so no, anything no. you can do to meal prep in advance and have those foods you can eat with one hand available oh, yeah. the better that's super helpful when you're feeding. What about, um, okay, you mentioned iron. So specifically, if you were talking to a mom who either in pregnancy or postpartum follows a vegetarian diet, like can they meet their iron needs without eating Yeah, good question. And this comes up a lot. So vegetarians can absolutely meet their iron needs. They just have to be more intentional about their food choices. Mm -hmm. So iron needs increase during pregnancy pretty significantly. And so it's really important that we meet those needs through food primarily. Um, You might need to consider supplementation, talk to your healthcare provider about that. But plant-based sources of iron will be things such as beans, tofu, nuts and seeds. And then that those plant sources contain a non-heme form of iron, which is just less bioavailable. Yeah. So to help increase the absorption of that iron, a lot of times we'll recommend pairing those foods, whether it's your beans or tofu, with some vitamin C. So yeah. think about adding a, you know, some lemon squeezes over top of your salad or um, some citrus fruit alongside that tofu that you might be having to help increase the yeah. absorption of the iron. That's a great tip. And, super and this is one where, you know, it's really important vegetarians, vegans, especially are working with their healthcare provider to customize any supplementation and maybe a separate iron supplement might be needed during pregnancy. Sure. Is there traditionally iron in a prenatal vitamin or do they usually need more than what's in the prenatal? Do you know? I think it depends on the prenatal. I've okay. seen most prenatals with iron in them. Yeah. I'd... There are certain ones because, you know, iron, like some people have don't tolerate it super well. It's going to yeah. be hard on the stomach mm-hmm. that they choose a non-iron supplement and then might supplement separately at a different time during the day that maybe it's better tolerated. Sure. And this is one, again, where I really encourage people to work with like their healthcare provider or even a dietitian one-on-one to customize that. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. So the other micronutrient I think about as a pediatrician a lot is vitamin D. So traditionally for moms who are breastfeeding, we recommend giving um, the baby a vitamin D supplement just because there's not a ton of vitamin D in mom's breast milk. Um, But there's also some evidence that from what I've seen that if moms take a really high dose of vitamin D, that they can um, get enough into their breast milk for the baby. 
but they need to take like four to five thousand units a day which mm-hmm. is like four to five times the normal amount. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. something that you see or that a lot of moms want to do? Or what is kind of your thought there? Yeah, spot on. So like you said, most pediatricians are recommending that 400 international units a day for breastfed babies um, because breast milk can be a poor source of, of vitamin D. If baby's formula fed, you know, you definitely want to check that label. It's most likely going to be fortified with vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Right. But a lot of moms find that baby does not like to take that vitamin D dropper or they just forget about it. And for mom, sometimes it's easier for mom to supplement. But like you said, Brian, it's a higher dose vitamin D supplement. Uh I guess the way I like to pose it is mom has choices with that. You can Mm -hmm. either supplement your baby or you can supplement yourself or you could find some sort of hybrid. You know, I personally was taking a postnatal vitamin that had relatively high amounts of vitamin D, not the full, you know, 6,000 or whatever that you would need, but at least that helped ensure me that if I went a day or two without giving my baby the vitamin D, I was confident that they were getting at least some through breast milk. Mm-hmm. So for me, a combination approach worked, but it's good to know that moms have choices. And again, recommend working with their pediatrician to customize that. I think the most important thing though, is recognizing that if you're breastfeeding your baby, talk to your pediatrician about vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then I would say, you know, for those moms who want to take that high dose vitamin D, make sure they talk to their ob or their primary doc because it is a high dose and you can overdose over time on vitamin D. Mm-hmm. It's one of those vitamins that you have to be careful with. So um, sometimes moms, you know, a month here turns into six months, turns into a year. And now and we've been on this really it. high dose because yeah. they're breastfeeding and they haven't talked to their doctor about it. So yeah, good reminder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Love it. Well, okay. You have given us so many great and helpful, like specific tips already, but, um, maybe a little more personal. I would love to know, like, what do you wish that you knew maybe before you were pregnant or during your pregnancy that, um, you know now, and you wish you could like impart to other people? Yeah. Good question. I, I was thinking a little bit about this and I didn't really realize how important preconception nutrition could be Mm. for both mom and dad or both, you know, both partners in this situation. Uh, so really making sure that you're thinking about your nutrition, maybe starting a prenatal, getting your folic acid status up prior to pregnancy. Um, I know not all pregnancies are planned and we can't um, always predict that, but that was something important to me that I wish I would have prepared more for. Yeah. And then I think one more, I don't know how, if anybody can truly prepare for labor, but yeah. <laughs> preparing for what's all the different scenarios that could happen during labor. You know, we mm-hmm. take kind of the general course at our hospital, but there were certain things that I was like, is this normal? Should this mm-hmm. be happening? And I could have better prepared for that experience and then yeah. postpartum as well. I don't, you know, I think I brought some spandex leggings to the hospital with me <laughs> thinking I would be going home in my pair of you know, Lululemons. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, nope. no. No, you're probably like, please, I don't want to wear those. (laughs) I don't want to ruin those pants. (laughs) Exactly. I know. So just preparing and educating as much as you can in advance. Yeah, I think I was, some of it was like, I just don't really want to know. Like, I don't want to know what's going to happen. Like, let's just go in blind. (laughs) How'd that work out? (laughs) How'd that work out? (laughs) The first time it was fine. It was actually, 
it was more we had a more traumatic experience i did um my second birth actually um yeah i went in the first time it was like epidural totally fine yeah. relatively you know yeah. and then second time went in feeling like okay this will go faster everyone says it'll go faster and then you had a 10 pound baby yeah oh my gosh and, yeah and, and there was issues with the epidural uh, the and- nurse turned my epidural off <gasps> Because he said I needed to feel the need to push. Yeah, it was like oh, right wow. before you were about to deliver too. And he didn't tell anyone. No. The only reason we I... knew is he went off shift and was doing like a checkout to the oncoming yes. nurse. And okay. she came in and was, was like, like, why is the epidural why off? Why is the epidural off? And we're like, what? <laughs> and then, and oh. then you know. And then you, can, you can't really catch up on no, pain control I at was that point. So livid. So it was basically <gasps> like I, I went in expecting epidural and and not feeling it to like having a natural birth of a 10 pound oh, baby. <laughs> and without preparing for yes. it, you know, cause you have to mentally prepare for so, that. Yes. And so your, your tip and thought of like, just prepare for, you know, any type of scenario would, yeah. would have been so helpful. I was sitting there thinking like, I wish I would have prepared how to breathe and like all of that. Exactly. Yeah. Or how to like cuss him out when <laughs> <laughs> between my pushing. Yeah. yeah Where's funny. that survey post survey. Yeah. Right. Oh yes. Oh, yeah. So fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, okay, before we let you go, we want to do something fun. I didn't tell you about this, so this is <laughs> off the cuff, okay? Um, we created these table topic cards that we use, like, as our family um, when we're eating yeah. dinner with yeah. just to provide conversation with our kids. So whenever we have guests on or just with each other at the end of every podcast, we like to ask each other um, one of these fun, silly questions. So whatever comes to your mind... As your first answer, just fly with it, okay? Okay. All right. So if you could be in the Olympics, which sport would you want to compete in? Oh, gosh. Figure skating, 100%. (laughs) Right? Is that because you're from Minnesota? Is that Yeah. I was like, is that because I have an ice rink in my backyard? No, you know, I figure skated a little bit as a kid, and I just always loved watching that. Now I just try not to fall. Yeah. Do you have, so in your backyard, is it like a pond or something? Mm -hmm. Yep. We have a pond that, yeah, it's frozen over over and we shovel a little ice rink and then So fun. It's awesome. That is awesome. What would you do, Brian? I don't know. I could do a little bit of curling. Curling? (laughs) (laughs) Could it be a summer sport? Yeah, winter or summer, either one. I don't know. Now that baseball is maybe going to be in the Olympics, that's probably where I would go. Baseball. Yeah. Okay. I would be a ribbon dancer. No. <laughs> Is that even in the Olympics? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I've seen it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, but figure skating is totally at the top of my list too. I would do couples. Would you do oh, individual yes. or couples? Actually, couples. Now yeah. that you say that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Good times. All right. It. Why don't you? I'm going to throw your info in our show notes, Marissa. But why don't you just real quickly throw out your handle and website and all that yeah. stuff for people. Yeah, great. So come hang out with me on Instagram. I'm at nutrition for moms and my website is marissamccormick.com. And it's the number four, right? Yes, the number okay. four. <laughs> nutrition for moms. Cool. All thanks right. again, Marissa. We thanks, appreciate Marissa. it. Yes, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Bye, guys. Bye. Are you stressed about mealtime in your house? Do you feel overwhelmed with knowing what to feed and if your child will eat it? Maybe mealtimes end in battles Or maybe you just have a child that's suddenly becoming picky in what he eats and you don't know what to do. Friend, we feel you. We used to be in the same situation, and we want to let you know that mealtimes and feeding your family doesn't have to stay this way. We want you to join our family feeding coaching. 
we walk you through six weeks of our signature steps to move you from frustrated to feeding with freedom and grace. During those six weeks, you'll get one-on-one support, video and book resources, recipes, and fun tools to help change the dynamics of mealtime in your home. Go to the link in our show notes to schedule your discovery call today. It's free, and you get a chance to talk with me, Heather, the dietitian. I'll answer all the questions you might have about this program, and we can see if family feeding coaching would be a good fit for your family. Are you worried about your child being underweight? Has your child's pediatrician recommended that they take a nutritional shake to help boost their growth? Go check out Healthy Heights Nutritional Shakes. We love their products. It has much lower sugar than the competitors and has a great nutritional profile. For more information, check out our show notes for links on how you can shop their products. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Doctor and the Dietitian podcast. Check out our episode notes for more information about items we discussed in this episode. Also, remember to subscribe, comment, and share our podcast with your friends and family. For more information about our available services and to join our community, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Doctor and the Dietitian. And check out our website at The Doctor and the Dietitian. While we continually make an effort to share with you correct and the most up-to-date information, we admit that we're still learning, and probably will always be learning. We double-check all of our facts, but realize that nutrition and medicine are constantly changing art and science. Other dietitians and physicians may have a different way of doing things. We're simply presenting our views on these topics in order to help you. By listening to this podcast, accessing our social media, reviewing our website and products, We are not establishing a patient-doctor relationship or a client-dietitian relationship, and therefore we are not specifically diagnosing or treating any conditions specifically with you in mind. We do recommend that you consult with your own physician, your child's pediatrician, and or a dietitian for your specific individual needs. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to our podcast, social media, website, or products, and our opinions do not necessarily reflect the views of our employers.